tonight. Amen. But as our text, Psalm chapter 144, verses 1 through 2, and we'll also take a text in Psalm 18, verse 34. Got quite a bit of ground to cover tonight. I was hoping to be able to finish tonight. I may have even said as much last week, but um, but I don't think that's going to happen tonight. But I do have high hopes for next week. Pray for me. Amen. And um, But I do feel like the Lord is just helping us through all of this. And he's giving wisdom and grace to those of us who need it. And I, I just trust him. I believe in the, what happened on Sunday night was no accident. Pastor Hilton didn't know what I was. He said he was listening on Tuesday nights. He mentioned three lessons, and this is not to criticize him, but I preached more than three lessons. And so uh, perhaps he may not be listening to everything, which is okay with me. I wouldn't be listening to it. But um, well, my point in saying all that is he doesn't know. He didn't know specifically, at very least, what I was going to deal with tonight. And the things that he got on Sunday evening was just confirmation after confirmation. So I appreciate the way the Lord works and the way he confirms his word, especially for those of us who need it. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 144, verses 1 and 2. Before I forget, I also want to give honor to my pastor. I know that he has been sick. I've been praying for him diligently. I hope you have as well. Ask the Lord to touch his body. I know many others are sick. Brother Self texted me. He said he was so sick he couldn't breathe. He his wife had to take Ollie to the ER. He said he couldn't even get out of bed to go to the ER. I hope I'm not embarrassing him by saying such, but but he wanted to be there is his point, and, and it wasn't in his nature to be laying there, but he just couldn't get out of bed. And so we need to really take, and Ollie himself has been dealing with very high temperatures. And then I heard today from Brother Self that Sister Self is <laughs> dealing with some of it now, and I know she was starting on it, but he said that she started spiking today so anyway we want to pray for the cell family ask the lord to keep his hand upon them and also for those of us who are here and uh at home i know there are several situations brother jack's sister jack's mom many situations if i didn't call your name i i apologize um but we are praying for you we've got a list my wife and i have a list and we are praying <laughs> so thank you all for being faithful to the house of the lord in spite of the attacks of the enemy. Psalm 144, verses 1 through 2, and then Psalm 18, 34, starting verse 1. Psalm of David, in 144 Psalms. Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war, and my fingers to, to fight. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust. Hallelujah. Who subdueth my people under me. And then Psalm 18, Verse 34, Scripture tells us that he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Amen. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to help us tonight. I need the help of the Holy Ghost and, and uh, you all do as well. Let's all bind together tonight. Ask the Lord to help us tonight. Jesus, we do trust you. We believe, God, that you have something to say in this service tonight. God, I pray that you would help me, God, to deliver, Lord, what you placed upon my heart. I don't want to take one bit away from it, and I don't want to add anything to it. I want your perfect will to be accomplished before I leave this place tonight. I pray that you would anoint our ears, our hearts, and our minds to receive with meekness, God, the engrafted word that's able to save and help us. Give us grace as hearers of the word. In the name of Jesus, why don't we clap our hands before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We honor your name. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You could be seated tonight. Of all of these lessons, I, I feel the most, even in spite of the opposition that I have felt, whether spiritual or just physical opposition, you know, through conflict of schedules and, and whatever, um, I feel very strongly that this message tonight is, is something that I have been working towards for the past four weeks. This is really, for the past four weeks, all the information that I've been sharing with you has been to get to, really get to this lesson and the next lesson if it, if it gets into that 
territory. Amen. Because this is really where the burden, and, and I can feel it, I can feel it now as, as I begin to begin, as I begin this lesson tonight. And if you will bear with me tonight, if you will help me, I believe the Holy Ghost would come in here and demonstrate what I'm talking about tonight. It's not just words that I'm saying, but God's word is true. And it's, it's not my words, but it's God's word. And if we're sharing God's word, if we're obedient to God's word, then he will, he will, he will confirm it. Hallelujah. The Old Testament tells us there's an old prophet that says his word will not return void. Amen. When it's sent, it will accomplish the thing that it was sent to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and I may just briefly, you know what, I, I, I think I'm going to forego our uh, review tonight, and in, in the interest of time, amen. Without review, I've got 15 pages of notes. So if um, if 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 I can do that, and if you can refer to previous lessons, that would help. I will just summarize and bring to mind uh, by way of review. We talked about refidim. We talked about how it means the place of staying or the place of rest. And Amalek attacked the children of God in that area and Moses mandated J, jo, J, uh, Joshua to to fight against Amalek with men from Israel and the Bible says that he discomfited them and then we talked about Sun Tzu's the art of war which uh, he's a he's a Chinese general uh, from old and and wrote this book and is used to cross military philosophy in in every country around the world and and he identified five essentials for winning and we picked out three of those the first of which was knowing when to fight he will win who knows when to fight and then the second of which is he will win whose army is animated by the same spirit we talked about the unity of the spirit and then the just a couple of weeks ago we got into the final one that we that I particularly want to focus on and we're looking at the second half of that uh, of that uh, maxim that that Sun Tzu declared from his experience and it says it goes like this he will win who prepared himself waits to take the enemy unprepared and the and so we focused in the past couple of lessons on that last portion waiting to take the enemy unprepared and the in the and I, I mentioned to you in the past that the enemy thinks that he is prepared but but we know we're not ignorant of the devil's devices uh, the bible gives us amen clear help and and direction and understanding uh, amen of how to to discern the enemy how to know when to go out and when to stay in. Amen. And we talked about all that. And if you're interested in hearing that, you can go back and listen to those lessons. Amen. But tonight I want to, we talked about, as we were talking about taking the enemy unprepared, we talked about how the enemy uses our mind and, and he puts into our mind that the others are enemies. But scripture tells us that flesh and blood, that we don't war against flesh and blood. We don't war after carnal manners or methods. But, but we are in a spiritual battle. That the, the enemy of our soul is not a, another human, not a person, amen, next door or across the street or down the, the pew or across the aisle. Amen. But, but the enemy of our soul, he's a spiritual enemy. And that, and we know, amen, we know all of his tactics and we know all of his, uh, we know all of his, uh, his mechanisms of warfare. Amen. And so we talked about who was not our enemy. But tonight I want to tell you, amen, who is our enemy. Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 12. Sister Lydia, this should be at the top of your list there. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. We talked about that. Who's not our enemy? Your brother is not your enemy. Your sister is not your enemy. I don't have time, amen, to belabor that point. I have already belabored it. You can go back and listen. Amen. Amen. But he does say we do, we do wrestle against principalities. We do wrestle against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, the purpose of this lesson is not to elevate the enemy in any way. The devil operates only within the realm that God allows him to operate in. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Let's take a look at the story of Job. Amen. Tonight as a point of reference. Amen. For that claim. Job chapter 1 verse 9. We see that Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast, thou, hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath. And he will curse thee to thy face. Many of you know the story. Amen. And you know how wrong the devil was. Amen. In these statements. Amen. I don't have time to get into the story of Job. But just reel back in your mind and think about uh, the result of that story. How that Job never charged God foolishly. Amen. How even when his wife uh, begged him to curse God and to die. He told her she spoke like a foolish woman. But verse 12, the Bible says that the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, I, all that he hath is in thy power. We see in this scripture a transfer of authority that God gave to the devil. The authorization, the, the, the permission, if you will, to attack uh, Job. And he said, all that he hath, not, not his physical well-being, not his body, amen, but all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself, put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Again, Satan comes back after having gone forth and touched all that he hath. And I mean everything that he had, including his own children. Amen. Including the stock and the livelihood by which he made an income. And the very structures that held his livelihood. Amen. Everything that he had was destroyed because God gave the enemy permission to do it. Amen. And then Satan said, that's not enough. That's not enough for me. Satan goes back to the Lord and he wanted to go a little further. Job chapter 2 verse 4. The next chapter tells us Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Put, but put forth thine hand now. Touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. Amen. I just felt a little prompting, a little nudging as I was reading that passage. Perhaps some of you, amen, have been attacked, amen, physically, amen, in your bodies or in, amen, your well-being. Amen. And God is allowing it for a certain purpose so that you, amen, would continue to trust him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That pain wouldn't plague your body if God didn't permit it. Amen. God knows that you're able, amen, to withstand these fiery darts of the enemy. He has enough confidence in your faith in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Satan went back, went again. And he, you know the story. He starts boils and, and all these things. And his, his whole lifestyle is just torn apart. Hallelujah. Every step painful. Everything was painful. I can't. Amen. You can read the story. Amen. And the first time, amen, that I remember, amen, Jesus, amen, identifying the, the enemy in Scripture, amen, while he was on earth, uh, comes in Luke chapter 10, verse 18. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Hallelujah. God, uh, amen, the pastor has talked about in previous times, uh, amen, the, the importance of the law of first mention. If, in fact, this is the first time Jesus identifies or speaks about the enemy, he's trying to cast the enemy in a negative light and say, hey, doesn't matter how big he seems to you, doesn't matter how hard he seems to overcome, I mean, the first time I saw the devil, he was falling from heaven like a lightning bolt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All that the enemy has in his hand, amen, is given to him by God. He was created just like all the other angels. And he is subject, amen, to the power of God. The Bible calls the devil the God of this world. When he fell from heaven, where did he go? Well, yep, you guys figured it out. Smart people. Paying attention. Good stuff. 
John chapter 12, verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Jesus is talking about the end of time. He said, at this point, the prince, the Bible is talking about the, the devil, the enemy. He is the prince of this world. Goes a little bit further. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Those who don't believe are subject to the deceit and the lies of the enemy. The blindness that he brings. Amen. Revelation chapter 12, verse 20, uh, sorry, 12, verse 12 and 13. When the devil was cast down, he began to persecute the church. Therefore rejoice ye heavens. Verse 12 of Revelation chapter 12. And ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the seat. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon, talking about the devil, saw that he was cast unto the earth. He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Amen. This, the woman in this context, I believe, symbolizes the church. And the Bible is saying, if that's true, that the dragon, the enemy, the devil, the one that was cast down as a lightning bolt, his only form of vengeance is to attack the woman, to attack the church. Amen. When the devil was cast down, he took one-third of the angels in heaven with him. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, talking about the church again, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Hallelujah. I can't, I can't get too sidetracked, amen, but that's exactly what the enemy does. As soon as a child of God is born, as soon as one is born, amen, in the house of God by the mother, the church, amen, then, then, amen, the enemy is looking to devour him. The moment they're born, the moment they come forth, the moment, amen, they take their first breath, amen, the enemy is looking to devour him. Hallelujah, or her. Amen. We read about it. We will a little bit later if we get there. Amen. But Peter said, uh, amen, he's like a lion. Amen. Walking about seeking whom he may devour. Hallelujah. Whom he may devour. Amen. Let's skip to verse 9 of Revelation chapter 12. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Guess where they were cast out into? The earth. Scripture says he was cast out into the earth. And so, and we're going to, so we're going to talk about that. Amen. The enemy, the, the part that I believe, uh, I'm sorry, uh, all things were created by God, even every angel, even good and the bad angels, the ones who are still in heaven, the ones that live with God eternally, and the ones that are cast out into earth. Hallelujah. Notice what the devil tells Jesus. In the, I know we're going a little fast, but I'm trying, amen, to get somewhere tonight. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. The devil uh, in the wilderness with Jesus after Jesus just had his 40-day uh, fast. The devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him what? He showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Why did he do that? Well, verse 6 tells us. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, the glory of them, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, and all shall, all shall be thine. Now, I, I struggled with this verse for a little bit because I was trying to figure out, every time the devil is talking, he's lying, right? So I'm trying to figure, but, but he's, he's not a dumb liar. He, he's, he's kind of smart. Sometimes he moves, he works truth into what he's saying. So that way it's more believable. So that way it's hard for us to discern. Amen. And so I was struggling in my mind and I was praying. I was like, Lord, what was, what was the falsehood about this statement? I mean, is it that he has the power over all these kingdoms? Is it that he actually does not have the power of these kingdoms? Is it that he cannot is it that he, uh, to whomsoever he will, he can give it? Is that where the lie's at? 
And I believe, and I, don't, I can't say the Lord spoke to me, but it just the thought occurred to me that the, the lie comes when he says, I'll give it to you. Because Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth belongs to me. I've already got power over every kingdom. I've already got power on earth and in heaven above. You can't give to me power that's already mine. So the enemy, amen, is lying when he says that, but he's not lying. I believe, and pastor can correct me if I'm wrong, or one of you scholars, when he talks about that I can give, uh, whosoever I will, I give it. That he does have some delegation of power and authority here on earth. I'll I'll try to prove that to you uh, throughout the remainder of this service. Scripture uh, repeatedly identifies a specific hierarchy within which the enemy operates here on earth. The first of which we already have read as we started tonight. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. By, by, by the way, this message is in no means, by no means, a, an exhaustive resource for spiritual warfare. I just, I just... This to me, I think the Bible actually tells us in another scripture, I think we're getting ready uh, to read it. Yes, we are. Amen. That, that, we, that, that the church ought to know this. That we ought to not, and Paul said, we shouldn't be ignorant of the devil's devices. Why? So that he doesn't gain an advantage over us. So we need to be aware of this. Now, I, I, again, I'm not trying to set up in your mind the power of the enemy. I'm not trying to uh, allow you to think that he's more powerful than you. Hopefully by the end of this lesson, uh, amen, you'll see, uh, amen, that we have the power over him. Amen. But I want you to understand, uh, amen, the structure by which he operates. Because everything that God does is in order. And God gave to the enemy the authority here on earth. Amen. So Ephesians 6 and 12 shows us hey, this structure against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 3, verse, I'm going to skip down just a bit. Verse 10 says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. It was God's wisdom to let the church know now unto the principalities and the powers of heavenly places. He wants us to understand. He doesn't want us to just go blase into this world and, and behave ignorantly. He wants us to be uh, to have this understanding so that when we do go into the earth, uh, that we have the authority. We don't want to be like the sons of Sceva going into the earth. And when we try to, uh, to harness the power of God, uh, the enemy looks at us like, who are you? You're acting out of order. Amen. But if we can get an understanding of where we stand in the kingdom of God and what, what exists out there, then we can, by the authority of God, overcome the enemy. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, in whom we have Boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Amen. We ought not to be kowtowing. Amen. To every spirit, whether it is there or not, under every rock, around every corner. Amen. We ought to walk boldly and with confidence because of our faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. It was his blood, Brother Nelson. Amen. That gave us this power. It was his death on the cross uh, that nailed every ordinance and every principality and every power in earth uh, to that cross. Uh, amen. Who are subject to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let us focus a bit on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He said, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but says against principalities. What are principalities? What are these things? The definition of this term is, and this term is used frequently throughout Scripture. It's not, this is not a unique uh, usage of the word. It's the same word, actually, that's used in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning. Was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. That word beginning is the same word that is used here as principalities. I thought that was interesting. Now, 
We all know, I don't know if, let me just use this as a brief example because it was useful for me in college, but when, uh, when you talk about an English word, the Greek words are just like this. Whenever you have an English word, that English word can have multiple definitions. Amen. The word hand, as an example, if I say I gave her a hand or I gave her a hand, how do you know the difference? The difference is by the context that the word is used in. If I gave her a hand up the stairs, that means I gave her a hand. Now, I wasn't clapping on her way up the stairs. I was giving her a hand up the stairs. But if I gave her a hand because of her performance, that means she did a good job and I'm giving her a hand. If I gave her a hand because she was in surgery, that means I literally gave her my hand. That was a terrible, just making sure you're still awake here. <laughs> yeah, multiple definitions for the word hand. All right, so this same word, principalities, is used in John 1 and 1 and in the Septuagint in Genesis 1 and 1, the beginning. It's, it's the beginning. So it's, it's uh, let me just read. It says beginning or origin. That's the definition used absolutely as in the beginning of time or relatively, which is like the beginning of a period. And there's scriptures for all these. I don't want to uh, get too sidetracked here. The uh, then also, beyond just a, a statement of time or a point in time at the beginning of something, it's also a definition for this word is the person or thing that commences. So the person that begins something. The person that begins something. The first person or thing in a series or the leader. That by which anything begins to be the origin, it is the active cause the thing that causes action and then in another case talking about sales in one passage of scripture this word is used as the extremity or the 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 most the the perimeter if you will the, the most extreme places on a sale and then this last definition this is all under the same word it's a very very broad used word but the word the final definition which is the context that we find our scripture is the first place principality rule, or magistracy. Not magistrate, but magistracy. Wow, I got it right the first time. Um, I think it's interesting that the definition is not magistrate. It's not the actual governing power, but it is the magistracy. It's the thing that gives the power. It is the, it is the, the rule, as it were. And under this context, it's also the first rule. The first place. So that's where beginning comes in. That's what, do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying here? So uh, I'll, I'll read a scripture. I think maybe this will help you put it in your mind what this word means. Jude 1 verse 6 or Jude verse 6 says, And the angels which kept not their first estate. The, word, the two words first estate is the same word. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but it's that same Greek word. It's the first place. So when these angels, which kept not their first place, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great days. Saying that in the end time, those who, were not, who, who left their first place, they're going to be bound forever in darkness. All right? So simple enough, right? So this is what, he, so Paul takes this, uh, uh, Jude in this passage, takes this word and uses it to, to identify specifically the bad angels, to use the Jared term, bad angels, the bad ones, not the good ones, the bad ones. These are the ones who left their first estate. And then you see Paul use this a number of times to identify this specific group of angels, the bad ones. And so uh, Lightfoot, that's not original to me, Lightfoot said that uh, Paul transferred the, this word to angels and demons holding dominions entrusted to them in the order of things. So these are angels or demons. These are uh, principalities that, are, that were entrusted with a task, a job. They, they've been sent out on a mission to execute some, some deed. All right? That's, this, is, this is the lowest rung in the spiritual hierarchy, if you will. This is the first rung. This is the first group that are executing. These are the minions. These are the ones just executing tasks. I've been given a job. I'm going to go do it. Everybody's been there, uh, whether it was at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or whatever. 
doing the little small tasks. That's what I'm talking about, not, not being a part of the, the bad angels. <laughs> so this, this is the first level in the quote-unquote, uh, to use Lightfoot's words, order of things as it pertains to the enemy's kingdom. This is the first level. And uh, I want you to notice specifically the areas where the same word is used in Luke chapter 12, verse 11. Uh, Apostle Paul uses the word magistrates, or sorry, uh, uh, Luke uses the word magistrates in this passage, but I, I believe he's getting at something else behind the scenes in this passage. He's saying, when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto the magistrates and powers take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say why verse 12 he says for the holy ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say he says when they try to get you at your worst when they try to come up and sneak up behind you and say gotcha when the enemy tries to come up uh, don't even worry about those things uh, because if you're full of the Holy Ghost uh, you'll be taught uh, in that very moment exactly what you ought to say uh, what you ought to do uh, amen how you ought to act and behave Hallelujah. We can overcome this level. Amen. It's the lowliest level. Amen. And so it's the easiest. Amen. But I want you to know scripturally, amen, we have the power over every principality. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. Amen. This is where the blood comes in, Brother Nelson. Verse 11. In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Amen. It was a circumcision made many years ago. Amen. On a cross. Amen. A sacrifice given. Blood spilt. Amen. For the sins of the flesh. And what? We're buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are now risen. You are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins. Oh, hallelujah. And uncircumcised, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together. Hallelujah. Hey, this is how we overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. This is how we overcome. Hallelujah. I think it's interesting. God, the apostle told us that, that or the, the writer of Luke, Luke told us that Holy Ghost will teach us what you should say. He doesn't tell you what you're going to do. I know I said that a few minutes ago, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be biblically accurate now. We, we, we're talking about what, what you should say. The Holy Ghost inspires your words. Hallelujah. Hey, don't you know that the, the Word of God has got the, the authority over everything that exists, everything that you live in, see, touch, feel, everything that you believe, it was all begun by what? By the Word of God. And if we speak uh, with inspiration of the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, that's all the power and authority we need uh, to overcome the enemy. Hallelujah. We can go to charismatic circles and we can see them doing doodads over here and trinkets and things over here and beautiful displays over here and music and power and, and, and all these different shows. Uh, amen. But I'm telling you, amen, the authentic apostolic, uh, all they need to do is say a simple prayer. All they need to do is call on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will teach you what you ought to say in that very hour. Hallelujah. Amen. And reading on, verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled... He didn't just defeat them, Brother Nelson. <laughs> he overthrew them and took their stuff back. 
Hallelujah. Hey, have you, if any of you, amen, felt a little devil, amen, in your life or experienced a little devil in your life taking a little joy or a little hope from you? Hallelujah. Have you ever experienced that, that when you come to church, it's not just, doesn't just feel right? Uh, amen. Let me tell you something. Uh, amen. That's a little devil that was sent by the enemy, amen, with the task uh, to take away your joy. Hallelujah. But if you can get tuned in to the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, he'll give you the words to say uh, to overthrow that little boy, I mean, that little minion, and he'll give you triumph. And you can get your joy back. You can get your hope back. You can get your love back. You can get the glory back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Brother Carter, doesn't that sound good? That sounds fun. Hey, try it. Just, uh, 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 oh, Hallelujah. I can, I can get sidetracked right here. It's 837 Holy Macaroni. we got to get moving. He, uh, if, we were, if we are in Christ and we are dead to our sins, we've let the blood of Jesus wash over our souls. Then when Jesus was nailed to the cross, he spoiled those little bitty devils. He took everything that they took, Brother Larson. They can't take it. They can't. They can't. They don't have any authority. As soon as the blood starts flowing, as soon as the Holy Ghost starts moving, as soon as the, the blood-bought child of God starts praying, hallelujah, then the enemy has to start letting go. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, I love this. This is a lot. Of, you guys ought to try this sometime. It's fun. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, the same word, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to, to come, nor, uh, let me get my place, height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall be able to separate. Oh, they might be able to snatch it for a moment in time. Amen. But they can't separate us from it. Amen. They can't take it away from us. Amen. As soon as the Holy Ghost moves on us, we got the authority to get it back. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. They can't separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a lot more where that came from, but I got to move on because... Write down Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. You could, if you write that down and go read it, it will be a blessing to you, I'm telling you. You could also write down 1 Corinthians 15, 24, too. It's a good one, too. Amen. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, let's go on to the next one. Firstly, he, we wrestle not against flesh, but we, don't, but we wrestle against principalities. And then we wrestle against, what does it say? Powers. We wrestle against powers. What is this word? Exousia. Anybody recognize that? It is the power of choice, liberty of doing as one pleases, leave or permission, physical or mental power, the ability or strength with which one is endued, which he either possesses or exercises. The power of authority, influence, and of right, as in the Bill of Rights. And in other words, and this is just one of the definitions, by the way, so remember hand, we can have multiple definitions. Well, this one has multiple definitions too, so that's... That's the root definition, power of choice. But in this context, the power of choice graduates to be the power of rule or government. Same word. The power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed and is generally translated as authority. This word that is, this is the, the power of rule. The power of government. This is the next one up that's managing those little minions that are carrying out the tasks and the duties. But this is, this is the one that's above them and giving the tasks and giving the duties and saying, this is, if we do this over here, if we do this over here, then we can topple them. We can, we can do this and, and we can see victory. So these are the ones that have something. It doesn't have to be a large entourage. It doesn't have to be this large organization. Just somebody or something submitted to them. Uh, the, specific, the specific definition that's atta attached to this word in Thayer's uh, within this context means, means the leading and more powerful among the beings superior to men. So specifically being superior to men, and it's the ones that lead or have more power than the others. I believe this is referring to those who 
carry rank immediately above those who are issuing or are executing the tasks that are assigned to them. Paul refers to those as principalities and refers to this class as powers. In Scripture, we find Jesus interacting with those at various levels of authority. Many times, they literally manifest themselves in physical government bodies. Luke chapter 20, verse 20, they watched him, sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just like men. So they, they sent a group of guys that would watch Jesus every move, and they'd act like his other followers. Why? For what purpose? That they might take hold of his words, and so that so they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. The word authority in this scripture is the same word exousia, the authority of the governor. In this case, the chief priests, in this context, the scripture before it identifies that as the chief priests, were watching Jesus so that they can leverage the physical government over Jesus. They could report him to the authorities. And when they finally succeeded, you find in John chapter 19, verse 10, that then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou, knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee? And have power to release thee? Don't you recognize my exousia? Don't you notice my power, Jesus? And I'm not here to tell you that every government, governing body is is spiritually possessed okay please don't understand don't misunderstand what i'm saying i'm just saying that there are spirits that have those under them whether they're actual spirits or other or people and in this scripture i'm giving you two instances where it seemed as if i mean the those chief priests were reporting to a person and Pilate quotes almost verbatim what the devil quoted said to jesus in the in the desert you want, me to, you want me to show you my power? And Pilate's saying, don't you know that I have power? It's the same spirit. It's the same attitude. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that Pilate was possessed, but I'm saying it's possible. And I'm saying that scripturally, through these examples that I'm sharing with you, that it's clear that the devil leverages local governing bodies. Think about your school system. Think about this city council uh, the, in Olathe here. I mean, they, some of those guys are, I better be careful because I'm here in Olathe. I don't want, but I'm just saying that, and I'm not scared of it. I just don't want to offend anybody unnecessarily, all right? But, but, but also, I mean, look around in Olathe. There's chiefs, signs, and banners everywhere. I don't, you, you take that for what it's worth. You just, 12 bucks, and that will go get you a bunch of coffee or a little bit of coffee at Starbucks. Which is not worth it, by the way. Get an AeroPress. They're $40 and they're worth it and get a lot more. When they finally succeeded, they got Jesus before the governor, Pilate. And he said, don't you know I have the power to crucify you or to release you? He, Jesus reminds him in verse 11. Jesus answered, they, thou couldst have no power at all against me. Except... It were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. In other words, buddy, you wouldn't even be standing there. We wouldn't even be having this conversation right now if God didn't give you the authority, the power that you have. I'm telling you, every position of authority, every position of power is given by God. The Bible says in the Old Testament, I believe it's in Proverbs, that, 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 that promotion comes neither from the east or from the west or from the south. It comes from above. It all comes from above. Every position of power comes from above. But it's also important to note, and Pastor did an excellent job talking about this. Lesson is not on authority; it's on spiritual. Uh, it's on spiritual warfare. So, if you want a lesson on authority, Pastor Regan has several, and there's a podcast on it too. So, there you go. And about specifically civil authorities, and and what what's the line? When they tell us not to, uh, when they tell us not to uh, uh, go out into public and always wear a mask, where's the line? And pastor has done it, and I, I don't want to do a disservice to his lessons. Excellent teaching, 
and you ought to listen to it. Uh, but the, the line effectively and, and simply is this, that if they defy or usurp the authority of God, if they cross over the line of what God teaches us and shares with us, then they've usurped authority. They've gone beyond the authority that God has given to them. They can't, they can't t- teach you or, or require of you something that God doesn't require of you. Especially if God is the one that gave them the power, the authority. Now, if they're there in a usurped position already, then there's, you know, got a lot of other problems. But anyway, so you can go listen to that. That would be a lot better than listening to me. Um, listen to what Luke says in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. The devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will give it. Uh, sorry, to whomsoever I will, I give it. This is again Paul, uh, the devil talking to Jesus in the wilderness. He said, whoever I will, I give it. I'm going to take this thing that God has given to me, and I'm going to, I'm going to delegate it and use it uh, and, and, and propagate it out throughout the earth so that I have more leverage. How many know that the, the devil and his minions, the devils, are not omnipresent? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'll prove that to you in just a little bit. But the devil is not omnipresent, no matter how much he wants you to think that he is. Those who are worshipers of the enemy. What did he ask Jesus to do in verse 7? If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. So if you want to be in my kingdom, then just bow down and worship me. So those at the very minimum, this shouldn't be difficult to believe, whoever worships the enemy will receive some sort of role within his kingdom. Jesus walked the earth. It wasn't just the devil in the wilderness or Pilate in the Roman government. There were some who were being stirred because of his presence. This happens in Luke chapter 22, verse 52. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, notice, and the captains of the temple, notice, and the elders, notice. These are the groups that Jesus is dealing with in this passage, which were come to him, be ye come out. As against a thief with swords and staves. There's a question. Are you coming to me like you're com- you would come to a thief? Swords and staves? Verse 53. When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands. You, you're a hypocrite. I was standing right before. I would have gone willing. You could have reached me without any swords or sticks. You didn't put forth your hands when I was in the temple with you, but this is your hour. The power of darkness. That's exousia. The exousia of darkness. The authority of darkness. You're not operating within the authority of light. You're not operating within the power that God's given you. You elders, you chief, you chief priests, you captains of the temple, you've somehow, you've been co-opted. You've been, you've been perverted. And now... You're operating with the power of darkness. I'm here to tell you that that even those who who yield themselves to this local governing power, and I'm here to tell you that it exists in the city of Aletha. It exists in Gardner. It exists in Lenexa and Platte City. It exists. The power of darkness does exist, and it is exerting itself against the church of the living God. But no matter how how authoritative or how much power they seem to have, even physically or legally, we can overcome them. Luke, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, we read it. I want to read it again. And having spoiled principalities, we focused on that a moment ago, but notice, and powers. He didn't just uh, through the blood on the cross and through his sacrifice overthrow some principalities, but he also overthrew these powers, this is the same word, exousia. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. First Peter chapter 3, verse 22, who is gone, talk about Jesus, into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. And this is a good one. And this is probably, ah, 51. Give me a few more minutes here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Talking about God's power. The pastor has talked about this, the exceeding greatness. This is, this is uh, I forget the specific English term, so you have to ask him about it, but it's the exceeding greatness of his power. 
It, it continues to exceed itself. The power of God continues to exceed itself. And it's given to us. To us work, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. It doesn't matter what their name is. It doesn't matter what their pedigree is. It doesn't matter their position or station in life. He is far above all. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. And ye are complete in him. Which is the head of all principality and Exousia and authority and power. Amen. Every power, every position. Amen. Because of who Jesus is. Because of the fullness of the Godhead that dwells in him. And because we dwell in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to try to go quickly. Amen. I believe the Lord's going to help us tonight. Amen. Are you open Amen, to a move of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Amen. I still feel the power of God. Amen. If it gets past your bedtime, you go ahead and go home. I'm not going to complain. I promise. I'm not going to do anything. Amen. You can do what you feel you need to do. Amen. But I feel like I need to keep, keep going here tonight. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Hallelujah. I'm going to try to go quick. I promise. I promise. I'm just trying to catch my breath every now and then. Hard to talk and do all this at the same time, you know. This word, the word that is translated as rulers in this passage. And notice it's rulers of the darkness. We talked about the power of darkness working in the chief priests and the temple captains. And the, in the, in the, uh, you remember all that? Remember the, 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 the power of darkness? And then this is, so this is identifying that same darkness. It's the same word too. But this word against the rulers, this is a unique word. I and mean, there's no way I could pronounce this word. It's probably 13 letters long. I, I didn't count it, but it's close. Lord of the world is the definition. Prince of this age. The devil. And when, in used, when used in the plural, like it is in this passage, against the rulers, plural. When used in the plural, it is... Referring to the demons. Um, it's refer referring to demons. Now, what, what demons? We talked about minions. We talked about demons. We talked about these, these spirits at two different levels. But let me submit to you tonight that there is yet a third. That while you have those that are executing cat, uh, tasks and, and those that are in local governing bodies or immediate, they don't even necessarily have to have an official government title or position, but, but um, that there are spirits behind uh, uh, social uh, uh, objectives and, and things that are going on. And, and so it doesn't have to necessarily represent itself in a human body, but it can just be an, an activity that's going on in the community, whatever's going on around you. But that's at a that's second level. But the third is, is this and and it and it is it is at a, a potentially a geographical location, and I've heard Pastor teach on this in the past, but I want to add to it, and that is not just a geographical location, but these spirits, Brother Hall, are over a sp specific period in time. Let me try to help you guys. I promise I, I, I want to go as fast as I can here, but I don't want to miss the points here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, in the Amplified, just Bear with me for a second. The way he says it, what they say in the Amplified says, against the world forces of this present darkness. The world forces of this present darkness. It, in, in, other, uh, in other words, these are princes, to use a scriptural uh, term. I mean, let's go to Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. I'll give you an example of one of these uh, of one of these uh, forces that exist at, at a present time. Not just in a present time, but also many times in a specific area ge uh, geographically. Verse 12, uh, Daniel chapter 10 verse 12 says, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thy, thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the, thy God, thy words were heard. 
Daniel, from the first time you started praying, the moment you kneeled down and you began to utter words to God, he heard you. How many have been there where, where you feel like he's not hearing you? You feel like your prayers are going unanswered. This angel is confirming for Daniel that he's hearing every single word. That's just a side point, but I, wanted, I didn't want to miss that point because it's important that we understand. And he, the Bible says that words were heard, and he says, I am come. The whole reason I'm here is because of your words. The whole reason I'm here is because you are praying. Verse 13, he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. This is not a, a literal human, not a prince of Persia, but this is a spirit that had associated itself with this area and with this time. Bible says that, lo, Michael, this is how we know this, because Bible says in the just next phrase, lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, so we're not talking about uh, literal government princes. We're talking about the spiritual princes of this kingdom in Persia. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. This is Gabriel talking. He said, I, I was fighting the prince of Persia, and Michael came and helped me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Verse 18, notice this. Then there came again. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man. And he strengthened me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. After praying and fasting for 21 days, I bet he was tired. Amen. I bet both physically and spiritually, Brother Jaheim. 21 days of, of spiritual warfare. And Daniel, didn't, this is a good, uh, Elder Howard, uh, amen, has talked about da Daniel, who is a model of consistency in prayer and devotion to God. He prayed and fasted 21 days before he weakened the prince of Persia sufficiently for the angel of God to get through to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, somebody hear me tonight. Amen, there are some, amen, who have been established and grounded and rooted, not for days, not for weeks, not for years, but even decades and centuries who have moored and anchored themselves, amen, to a specific age, for a specific time, for a specific geographic location and people, amen. And that prince, amen, has gained strength and power power and real authority amen and he amen is specific amen to that area Hallelujah. Amen. I'm trying to help us understand. Amen. Why at some times. Amen. When there is a prolonged spiritual battle. Amen. There's, there's scriptural precedent for such a thing. Amen. That it is not. Amen. Spiritual hubbub or, or over spiritualizing situations. Amen. But there is indeed a prince. Amen. Of a kingdom. A nation. An age. And a people. Hallelujah. Amen, Sister Tori, come up here and give him some hope. I'm, I'm going to try to close very quickly. Amen. But I believe we're getting to where the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, wants us to be. Uh, amen. Pastor, amen, has named the prince of this city many years ago. Uh, amen. In prayer. Hallelujah. And he talked about two other very strong spirits. Uh, amen. And I want to name them for you tonight. Uh, amen. To remind you of them. Uh, amen. So we can be on guard. So we can be aware of the prince of this city. Pastor is named amen that spirit. The spirit of iniquity. Amen. The lawless spirit. The spirit without governor. Amen. Without leader. Amen. The rebellious spirit. In fact the very same spirit that drove Satan and Lucifer. Hallelujah. Amen. But tied closely to that spirit in the city of Olathe. Amen. That I believe we have a mandate to overthrow. Amen. We have the power to overthrow. Amen. Is the spirit amen, of unbelief or doubt. In addition to that, the spirit of immorality. Amen. We have battled these spirits for 28 years. Amen. And God has given us authority over these spirits. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. What we need is the strength of God. What we need is the courage of God. What we need is the power of God. We can't do it on our own. Amen. But if we can get plugged in, as I said last week, amen, get plugged into the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ask God to cover us with his blood. Amen. Give his authority to us to overcome. Hallelujah. I was strengthened, Daniel said, and said, let my Lord speak. Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Talk to me. Preach, angel. You know what the word angel means in the Bible? It means messenger. They're carrying a message from God on high. Talk to me. Tell me what your message is. It's given me strength. That's my desire tonight. I want to give somebody strength. I'm not claiming to be an angel or some spiritual being. Amen. But I do feel like I've got a word for God, from God for somebody in this place uh, and maybe at home. Amen. I don't believe it's just for those of us, uh, amen, who, that, that are listening to me, but I believe it's for me. He will strengthen your heart. Joshua, be of good courage. God has strengthened thine heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone, forth lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. Elder Howard said there will be many battles. There will be many enemies. When one is overthrown, Certainly there are others. But the apostles rarely spoke about Satan and his minions. You know why, Brother Hall? You know why they didn't preach about the devil? Because they had the power over it. Paul did say we don't, have to, we don't want to be ignorant of the devil's devices. We do want to understand what's going on. This is why pastor doesn't focus on it very much. This is the first time I believe I've ever preached on spirits after preaching for since I was 15, so 15 years. But I want to tell you that I believe that God wants to give the true church the strength, the authority, the power. Hallelujah. We don't have to wait until Bishop gets back home. We don't have to wait until certain conditions are met. Do you have a prayer life? Do you have a walk with God? If so, friend, you have power. The Holy Ghost will teach you what you ought to say in those moments. He'll give you boldness, the Bible says. Even if you're the most timid person, God will give you boldness and the confidence that you need. I've got many other scriptures here, and I know it's it's late, and we might just pick up with this next week. Amen. And or or what maybe we'll just move on. I didn't even get to the last piece. Amen. Let's all stand together. Amen. But I'm telling you that it doesn't matter how long entrenched these spirits or these devils may have been. Let me go a little bit further. It doesn't matter how long you have been struggling with the spirit, whether it's tied to this church or not independent of this church if it's been something that's generational and in your family for many many years or in your own life something that you've struggled with for many years doesn't matter how long it's been there all it requires is the consistent prayer of the faithful just like Daniel the moment that you kneel down child of God there's other scriptures I, 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 I'm at a loss what to do here but Tyrus the, the king of Tyrus the Bible talks about in Ezekiel chapter 28 you can go read it for yourself he got to a point brother hall where the prince of Tyrus and it seems like he shifts from the first verse to the last and he starts talking about the king of Tyrus he had absolute authority in that area and the description of that being, whether it was a human or a spirit, was that he said that I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, 
in the midst of the seas yet. And he goes on and says that you think you're full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. And then he goes on to describe Lucifer in the Garden of Eden. You had every beautiful stone. You're ornate. You're beautiful. And because of your beauty and because of your pride, it was the very spirit of Lucifer himself that had taken root there in Tyrus. But even in that situation, Pergamus, Brother Hall, you remember that story? The seed of Satan, Revelation chapter 2, verse 12. Throw this one up there. And to the angel of the church of Pergamus write, These things saith he, which hath the sharp sword of two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. It got so bad in Pergamus, Brother Hall. It was so dark, just like in Tyrus. Just like it started in Persia and Greece. It got so bad that Satan himself took up residence there. Look at the last three words of the scripture. Where Satan dwelleth. Satan lived in this place. But listen to what he said in the middle of that scripture. And now holdest fast my name. And hast not denied my faith. Even in those days when people were dying. Even when people were giving their life. Hey friend, I mean, you've heard it from pastor yourself. I mean, there are going to be some troublesome days ahead. My question is, can you be like faithful Daniel? Can you be like these faithful saints and hold fast to the name of Jesus, to the blood of Jesus? Can you pray the prayer of faith? James said the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Whether it's a spirit of infirmity, whether it's a spirit of unbelief, whether it's a spirit of immorality, whether it's a spirit of iniquity. Amen. If you pray earnestly, God will give you the authority over those spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will give us, amen, to those who hold fast, amen, his name, to those who don't deny his faith, amen, that the, the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. In the end, the enemy has no power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how long he's been there. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. How do you say, Brother Hilton, I, I'm not going to expose myself. I've been, I've been dealing with some stuff, but I'm not going to reveal myself. I'm not asking you to reveal yourself. I'm just asking you to just pray. That's all I'm asking you to do. Amen. Is pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of the faithful. Hold fast to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's far above all powers, all principalities. Hallelujah. Let's all just talk to the Lord for a moment. I love you, Jesus. 